Hey everyone, can you imagine it's already like middle of July? Isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness. Nuts, nuts. Anyways, our, uh, our summer discussion group started last week and uh, a few people have been involved in groups. It's really great. You can still get connected to one um, if you're interested. We'd love to see people connected and having conversations and growing together spiritually and relationally. So you can do that. Find that info on our website or start a group. All right, we're into our summer series, Living in Psalm 23, and uh, we had an intro a couple of weeks ago. Last week, we looked at um, verse 1, and uh, we talked about the foundation. Who is God, and who am I in relationship to him? And we discovered we are not in charge, and that we are under his care and his management. So let's see where the psalm leads today. We're going to read Psalm 23, and today... We're going to read from the NRSV version. Every week we're going to read from a different version. And I hope you're getting immersed in this psalm and memorizing in one version of your choice. So let's start off. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. God, as we continue to jump into this psalm today, would you lead us, guide us, captivate our hearts, help us to discern and know and hear what you want us to hear and grow in today specifically. Help me uh, to speak and share, God, from your heart. In your name we pray. Amen. So last week we started, right? If the Lord is my shepherd, if Yahweh is our shepherd, my shepherd, I will lack nothing. And David tells us why he believes this. David tells us why this is true. He tells us about his own experience. And I think that's partly why he chose this metaphor of seeing God as a shepherd to help us understand this. David moves from the first person, I will lack nothing, to the second person where he says these phrases. And this is from the NIV. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. This is why David believes that he lacks nothing. When you read these words, when you read these phrases, when you read this, this you know, David speaking about God in this way, you can get this sense that he is satisfied that he is content. And that's the heart of what I hope we can get at today. This idea of being satisfied in the sufficiency of God, in the sufficiency of Christ. So you might see some of these liquids behind me, these various bottles here. And, and I thought I'd kind of use this as a metaphor for us today. So here is uh, peach tea and here is Coca-Cola. Um, here's um, Perrier. 
And here's Montpellier. I hope you can see them. And uh, the interesting thing about water and the interesting thing about liquids is all of these liquids, they all satisfy us in different ways. They all quench our thirst differently. None of them quench our thirst in the same way. In fact, if you take this peach tea and you read the back, you'll notice that there's tons of sugar and there's tons of sodium. So it probably doesn't quench your thirst so much and probably way too much sodium and sugar for you. We, all, we look at this Coke. Coke uh, has a ton of sugar, but it also has carbon in it. And when you first drink Coke when it's cold, it's awesome. But if you keep drinking more of it, you tend to feel not so great after you keep drinking a lot of it, right? So here's a difference between Perrier and Montpellier. I mean, I thought this was going to be San Pellegrino, but here's uh, um, Perrier water. And uh, imagine this, this, I'm going to actually pretend that this is San Pellegrino, okay? Because I want to, I want to knock uh, the Italian uh, mineral water for a second. San Pellegrino has a lot of sodium. So when you drink it, at first it's like, could it be refreshing? Because, but because of the sodium, it's not the best kind of refreshment after a long time. My personal favorite is Montpellier. It has less sodium, less carbon than, than Perrier or San Pellegrino, and I kind of like it. It's kind of smooth. But here's what I'm getting at. Do you know what the best, the best quench for your thirst is? It's none of these bottles right here. It's the most simplest form of liquid, and it's this liquid right here. It's water. When you drink water, let me drink a little bit, There's no fuzz, there's no carbon, there's no sugar, there's no sodium, there's no taste, there's no sweetener or caramel color like Coca-Cola. There's none of that. It's just plain water. But water is the one liquid that quenches a human's thirst more than any other liquid. No foods fill you up the same way, no drinks quench your thirst the same way. Here's what David came to discover. He came to discover that the true source of satisfaction in his life was the Lord, his shepherd. And he paints these images now as he gets into verse 2 and 3 of this song that he's writing. He says, he, my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Think about shepherds for a moment. Shepherds are masters at knowing their environments. They, they know where to, the lead, where to lead their sheep for rest. They know where to lead their sheep to eat. They know where to lead their sheep to drink or to be hydrated. They know the terrain of their land, not just of their sheep pen, but of the wilderness where they are, the mountains and the valleys and the crevices and the brooks and, all, and the caves and all those things. They, they know that sheep do not like to drink water in rapid waters. They like still water, and they know where to find that still water and where to bring that sheep. Shepherds do everything in their power to lead their sheep to places of nourishment and rest. But now there's, an, there's another side of this metaphor of how the shepherd leads their sheep to these quiet waters or to these green pastures and what it means for us in our relationship with God. Now let me ask you this question. Here's the, the other side of the, the metaphor. What kind of sheep lie down in a green pasture or grassy field without wanting to eat. Think about it. What kind of sheep would lie down in incredible luscious grass and not want to eat? Satisfied sheep 
Why do I say they, want, they don't want to eat? Because David says he makes them lie down in green pastures. They're not eating. They're resting. They're resting. Now, could you sit at a hungry table? At a, could you sit at a table full of food when you're hungry and not eat? Could you? I, I would struggle. I mean, could you resist the smell of bread or salad or prime rib or buttery mashed potatoes or apple pie if you were hungry? Could you resist it if it was right in front of you? I mean, even if I'm half hungry, I'm going to eat it. In fact, most of the times, even if I'm hungry, I might still take a taste because of the smell. But let's, be, let's just kind of stick with the metaphor here. Here's the thing. The only way sheep could lie down and not think about eating is if they were already full. When you're full, you're not as tempted to eat. And so they can rest in the grass without worry, without looking for food, without eating, because they're not hungry. You know what? I thought about this. What, what do sheep don't have that we have because of our clothes? They don't have pockets. So even when they're lying in green grass, they can't like stash some grass for the next day or a late night snack. They can't do any of that stuff. But they're not tempted to. They're lying down, resting, already full. Another kind of sheep that can lie down in green grass, you know what it is? You know what, what that means for the sheep? It's not that just that they're satisfied. They feel safe. They're not worried about animals that are gonna, other animals that are going to come in a distance and hurt them. Uh, they're not worried about robbers or thieves or those that might steal a sheep for another pen. No. So think about it. There's no lack of food. There's no competition for food. There's no worry of danger. And that's the image that David is painting. He makes us lie down in green pastures, safe and satisfied. He leads us beside still waters. Philip Keller, who was a shepherd for a part of his life, and I've quoted him in the other messages, he tells us that there's four things that enable a sheep to lie down in these green pastures. Fear from freedom, fear from tension, fear from aggression or aggravation, and fear from hunger. The shepherd is the one who distills these fears in the sheep. He makes it possible for them to rest, to flourish under his care. And here's the difference. Here's the difference that David is showing us in these metaphors. The shepherd is the difference. The shepherd is present and active in the life of the sheep. Therefore, they are satisfied and they feel safe with him. Now, he continues in this short part of the song. He says that my shepherd, he restores my soul. Now, David moves from talking strictly about sheep to really talking about himself, about people. He says, my soul, think about that. The, the, the Hebrew word for there is almost like saying myself. He restores me, my person, my life. In other words, he restores my inner and outer being, my whole being. The word restore there is a sense of bringing back to life or awakening something. In fact, a very old version of the Bible written by a man named Tyndale in the 1500s, he, he translated it this way. He quickeneth my soul. Now, I know that's a really archaic word, quickeneth. But when you hear the word quickeneth, it's like you've just woken something up. You've sparked something. You've given something a boost. You've, you've restarted something. To restore my soul is to bring it back to life or bring back something that was lost or hurt or damaged, just like a sheep might be lost 
and the shepherd brings it back to life and care. But the word restore also has a sense of repentance here. Almost like a conversion is taking place in the soul, in the heart. And so when you imagine the image here of restoration, a sheep rescued from danger, a sheep rescued from being lost, a sheep nurtured back to health and wholeness, David is painting this picture as if the depth of our souls and the depths of our lives are being repaired and restored by God. And as we see this and we trust him, we make a U-turn. We go away from being lost and we come back to him. We go away from danger and we come back to him. And it leads us to this last metaphor. He says, my shepherd, he, here's the words, guides me on the right paths for his namesake. Some versions say that he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. The sense of a path is, is a sense of a, of a way, uh, of a life, of a purpose. So think of God's vision for you, God's vision for me. He guides us on his vision for our life. He guides us into the way of life that we're meant to live. When you bring all these, these pieces together, he leads me beside, uh, into green pastures and beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then he guides me. He guides me on the right path. This is a culmination of everything God, as shepherd, is doing in our lives. Everything that he's been doing so far. And so there's this connection being made. This connection between our satisfaction right? And, and, and our daily life that we live, our satisfaction in God, our shepherd, and the daily life that he leads us towards. There's a connection between being totally content in him, totally content and found in God, and a life of peace and freedom that he wants to give us, that he wants to offer us. And so there's this idea of a rested and refueled and revived soul in Christ, and because of that, we, it's almost like our hearts are converted, transformed to walk as he leads us in the right path in his vision for our life. It's like this rest and revival first comes through faith and allegiance in Christ. We see this connection into the life of Jesus. Dallas Willard says it this way. He says, the effect of a restored soul is that I walk in paths of righteousness. He also says, to walk in God's path is a natural expression of my restored and satisfied being. It's almost like once we are in him, once we are restored, once we're awakened as we trust him, all of a sudden there's this natural sequence that happens. We begin to walk in his path. So let me ask you this question. This is really important and it's really practical for you and me. And anybody listening, I think this makes sense for when do we normally make the biggest mistakes? Think about that. When do we normally make the biggest mistakes? Or where do we normally have the greatest regrets? Or here's another one. What is most often the source of my anxiety or your anxiety? I don't think about it. I'll paint it this way, in this, in this way. When we think the grass is greener someone else, somewhere else, looking across to another kind of thing that maybe entices us, when we think the grass is greener somewhere else and we make a decision based on that, 
Usually, it's one of our biggest mistakes, one of our greatest regrets, and one of the largest sources of anxiety. We have, when we have this, this false sense of satisfaction with the wrong things, when we lack contentment with who God is making us and what he longs for us, and, we just, and we're looking for something outside, that often leads us in the wrong path. You know, Keller says that sheep are notorious for wanting to get out of the pen. And shepherds tirelessly pay attention to providing the best environment for the sheep, right? Leading them beside green pastures, leading them beside quiet waters, knowing the terrain, making sure everything's good, guarding the pen. And yet sheep seem to tirelessly look for holes in the gate and wonder how they can get out and wonder how they can escape and do all this. It's like they don't understand and don't know what they have with the shepherd. And so David, when he writes this, he leads me. He guides me. He makes me lie down. He restores. He's saying, I have found everything that I need in the shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Now, now, now th this does not mean that all of our material wants are given to us, that all the wealth we could possibly imagine is just kind of granted to us, that we're always going to be healthy, or that all the, life is always going to be perfect without any problems just because we follow Jesus. No, David's life wasn't perfect. David's life wasn't free from sickness. David's life wasn't free from pain. David found himself in difficult situations with difficult people, but he had this. He had this overwhelming sense that he was under the management and care of God, his shepherd. And he had ultimate contentment where he could say, if the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Big difference. And you know, Paul in the New Testament said something similar. The church of Philippi was, had sent him a gift because Paul was in need of something. And they didn't always send them a gift, but this time around they did. And Paul's thanking them. Philippians chapter 4. And this is what he says. And I want to read just a couple of verses for us. He says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. That means that they sent them the gift. And he said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. See, Paul, Paul was grateful for the gift from this church, but was ultimately content with or without it. Was ultimately, he found sufficient provision in God. Just like, kind of like, you know, there's these kind of things that maybe can satisfy us. Paul says, no, what satisfies me is the riches of my God. Now, wouldn't Paul practically need something or want something? Or, of course he would. It's normal. But he recognizes he doesn't ultimately need it. Who can do that? People like Paul. People like David who have experienced the deep truth and satisfaction in God's incredible sufficiency. That's what he wants for you and me. That's what he wants for you and me. And here's what Paul says later on. He says, my God will meet all your needs 
according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He didn't say according to the wealth of the nations. He didn't say according to the latest trends. He didn't say that. No, no, no. He says, he goes, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Just like David said, he leads me. He guides me. As we wrap up today, living Psalm 23 is becoming a person. Imagine this. A person who can stand beside the most delicious food, who can stand beside the sweetest of drinks, who can stand next to the most luxurious possessions, who can stand beside the most enticing experiences, who can sit with the most powerful people in the world and be completely content because God is his shepherd. Because God restores his soul. Because God leads him in the right path. Let's pray. God, as we just think about this, we, I know I wrestle in my heart because the world disciples us to not be content. The world disciples us to worry. The world disciples us to feed on things that don't satisfy And God, in this moment, we ask you for your grace and the power of your spirit. First, if anyone watching needs their hearts and their minds awakened to you, to know who you are, to come to trust you, to recognize they're not in charge, to look to the lordship of Jesus, God, I pray that you would do that. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see that you lead us to green pastures and still waters and refresh our soul and restore our soul. But also, God, that we would be these, the kind of people because Jesus is transforming us, because Jesus is our Lord, because you are our shepherd, where we are content in you, where all of our deepest needs are met in your sufficiency. God, I pray that for the young teenager listening today. I pray that for the, for the mom listening today. I pray that for the business person listening today. I pray that for those in retirement age that are wondering about their next few years. I pray, oh God, for the single adult that is looking at some decisions in their life. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to be satisfied in you. In your name we pray, amen.